Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? This episode of Play the Bay is brought to you by Bet Online and Believe Podcasting Network. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to, play, to bet on all your sports action. The NBA is in full swing and college basketball heats up as the schools make their way to the madness. The tournament is coming, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest, as Bet Online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and, f- and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And now, play the bay. From Channel Side Drive, where Lord Stanley Cup rests. Time kicks down the Lightning with the Stanley Cup. Travel across the bridge to St. Pete to find our American League champs. And the Tampa Bay Rays have just won the American League pennant. And get ready. To fire the cannon. Blob pass toward the end zone. Gronkowski makes the catch. Touchdown Tampa Bay. What a great grab by Gronk. Because it's time for another episode of Play the Bay. Play the Bay. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Play the Bay presented by Believe Podcast Network and Three Daughters Brewing. I'm here with Chip because it's a two-man woman show today. We got ladies and gentlemen only. We know our co-host Evan had a little, uh, what do we call this, a little bout in the hospital, I guess, maybe? with A bout? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say I mean, that. A little bout, it- maybe? Throat, some throat mm-hmm. problems, but uh, we know he's monitoring the board this evening and making sure that we sound lovely. So, Evan, we're wishing you all the best, and uh, we're glad to know that you're out uh, and that you're uh, you're okay. Yeah, as much as I would love for him to read the ad reads in his scratchy post-hospital voice, um, <laughs> you have to listen to me do it. So, <laughs> I think uh, I think we'll be okay. The world will turn. We will be good. And the world has been upside down because free agency has been more than we could have ever expected, more than anyone could have ever expected. And honestly, trying to track free agent moves so far this week has been like its own full-time job. I can't keep up with it. I can't keep track of it. I don't know who's going where. All I know is the Chicago Bears (laughs) franchise and fan base, again, is very disappointed because somehow (laughs) Russell Wilson turned into Andy Dalton, and I just have never felt so bad for one single franchise. So, sorry. Uh, Maggie, those guys guys are just lining the road to unemployment right now. Oh, I don't see how you – I heard today, though, that the offer they made, I mean, I didn't get the details of the offer, but it was really, they said it was really aggressive. So you figure they were ready to give up half the farm. I mean, they were literally, they, I guess they made a, a decent offer. We'll never know. Maybe they'll come out and tell us later, but um, yeah, Andy Dalton is a, uh, he's a, he's done. He's curtains. I don't care where you put him. He had better wide receivers in Dallas. Now he's going somewhere they don't have, they have Robinson and that's about it. So um, it's it's probably going to be worse. Yeah, and honestly, yeah. after Robinson's still up in the air, like he could actually go somewhere else. But 
doubtful. But after this year, I mean, what what is going to happen to that franchise? Because I they're not setting themselves up for success, and then Robinson will probably be gone. And hopefully, I don't know. I'm trying to get the Jags to swoop in and bring him back, <laughs> bring him home. <laughs> that would be a good move. I think the Bears will pick in the top five again next year and have the same, <laughs> the same. You know, they'll be in the same spot. Just they'll just have less money and. Uh, They'll still have a good defense, hopefully. But all those guys, they talked about making a push because, you know, those guys are getting older. That defense can't carry a team for 10 years. I mean, it's just not its not going to happen. I know right before, Kaylee, we were going through the intro, and this is weird, but the Bills traded Lee Smith, the tight end, mm-hmm. to the Falcons for a, a, a 2022 late-round pick, which is kind of – the only thing I could think is that the Titans ran double tight end sets a lot. Yeah. Uh, so they want Lee Smith, obviously, to be that other end line tied in with Hayden Hurst. But uh, that's been about it for the uh, the Falcons in the NFC South. The Buccaneers have been kind of doing their thing and, and making it all happen. <laughs> it's actually funny because we'll talk about the NFC South and and the Bucks, But it's kind of funny because if you were ever going to, I guess, craft or script two back to back, like must win it all in throw everything you got for the Super Bowl. <laughs> like these are the two years to do it. It's kind of like what I said about the Jags in 2017. It's like, okay, JJ Watts out, right? Like everyone's kind of operating at like 50% besides the Jaguars. So like if we're going to win the Super Bowl, <laughs> this is really it. And that that's how it is for the Bucs. It's like these two seasons, like as I was going through the NFC South, I was like, wow, this is a pitiful division. Like not like not NFC least, but definitely a pitiful division in terms of the gap between these three teams and the Buccaneers. So it's kind of like eight of your games, right? Or however many games you're going to play against your six, six, yeah. yeah six of your games are basically yeah. a lock because the only, I mean, you lost to the Saints, but that doesn't seem likely next year. So it we'll get into it, but it's kind of wild how you couldn't have scripted two better seasons, not only for like, bringing Tom Brady in, giving him everything he wanted, signing all these people. But also you have three division rivals that are just kind of like not doing anything. Everybody is is like clearing their trays and like resetting, getting the plate, you know, getting everything together again. And there really is, I mean, the the timing, like you said, it couldn't be more perfect. You have one organization that just had a new head coach and is looking to get a quarterback and, and needs – a quarterback uh, with Carolina, the Falcons just gutted their front office and got a new coach and, you know, they're doing a new GM for the first time in a hot minute. So they're, you know, out to the, out to lunch and, you know, the bucks, like we said, they just kind of, uh, they have good timing. The saints, as we know, are losing a hall of fame quarterback for the first time. Oof. Drew Brees has been under center for what, 20 years, I think. Yeah. 15 in uh, Carolina know, or in New Orleans. Yeah. So, I mean, they're changing guard too. So it really yeah. is kind of a, um, a perfect storm and Tampa just wants to ride the wave up to the top of the division again. So, yeah. We'll so, yeah. So last week we talked about Levante, David, Chris Godwin. Now, obviously Tom Brady's restructure freed up 19 million in cap space. Um, Shaq Barrett obviously is kind of the big name. Rob Gronkowski, is the other, you know, let's talk about those because I think obviously Shaq Barrett's not fully on the books, but re-signed for four years, $72 million, $36 million in guarantees, which is really the big number, especially in 2021. But, you know, 
making this work, right? Like, and we kind of joked about it all throughout the week. Does the salary cap even exist for the Buccaneers or for the (laughs) NFL in general? Because I'm watching these deals get made and I'm confused because like, I I mean, two weeks ago, we're like, there's no way they can sign all these people. The math doesn't math, right? Like it just doesn't work. And then now we're talking about them bringing everyone back, except maybe Leonard Fournette or Antonio Brown is a possibility, but like there's now they're in talks with Ndamukong Sue and it's like, okay, so who's not coming back? <laughs> like, where is this money coming from? I'm very confused. I, I please try to explain this to me. I mean, it's kind of a mystery to me as well. And the only reason why I'm laughing is because you can literally go and it's great to go to spot track and all the numbers that I have are, are according to spot track, but they have guys and all the contracts are back, you know, written. And that's why a lot of teams have gotten in trouble this year because this is the first time and God knows when the NFL salary cap went down. So teams that positioned players, mostly veterans who were, you know, five, six years in and they would backload salaries. Well, what's happening is players are taking incentive heavy contracts and the cap number won't be effective this year if there are incentives, they know they're going to hit if they sign a multi-year deal. So they can load incentives to not count on this year and to count next year. So basically what you get is a fancy piece of paper touched by a lawyer, a cap analyst, a general manager that just like loads everything on the back. And if the salary cap ever goes down again, and we hope it doesn't, we hope when we come around to the NFL season this year, obviously full fans, everybody's there. Um, you know, TV rights, everything stays, goes up again. But if this situation ever comes up again, it's going to be twice as bad as where we are now because teams are writing contracts that just don't make any sense. You know, we Taysom Hill, obviously, one of the guys, four years, I think it was $140 million, It was all voidable. It was something yeah. that they could just void yeah. to, to just <laughs> delay uh, his contract. So, I don't know, but the Buccaneers, obviously, like we said, the Shaq Barrett contract is the one thing that's still not on their, um, you know, their roster and their pay sheet. So they still have about 8.5 is what it shows left without Shaq's contract. But we also know the draft pool, uh, if you have a draft pick in every round this year, looks like it's going to be about 7.1 to 7.3 million to pay all your draft picks. And that obviously comes out of the cap. So, I mean, to answer your question, Kaylee, I cannot explain it because it does not, there is no math or no rhyme and reason for it. I just say that I think after this year, I might take a salary cap class and just like learn how to hide hundreds of millions of dollars in paper and backloaded contracts just, I think to, see, just to see what happens. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun because we're seeing the Bucks who are at like the very beginning of that cycle, right? Like they had, you know, yeah. they're finding money out of nowhere. And like you said, really backloading onto future years, all of these incentives and, and contracts and just really kind of spreading out that cap hit. And you're seeing it come full circle, specifically with the Saints and the Falcons in their division, yeah. because those two teams did that. And now they're facing that balloon and that bubble of those contracts where it's now like, oh, what what did we do? And like, what are we yeah. working with? And the Saints expecting it to go up. I mean, I, obviously, I don't think they expected it to go up $100 million, which is what they were over the cap by when they started. <laughs> but they definitely expected it to go up by something. And so going down, it 
you're just seeing this cycle come to a completion. And I think that is where Tampa Bay is going to set itself up to be. We'll dive into kind of the future of the franchise a little bit later, but Shaq Barrett specifically, I thought it was interesting because I don't know if you saw this, but he was made this comment today along the lines of Tampa Bay was the best offer, right? Like it was the best offer I had, but the Bucks gave him an offer right at noon yesterday and basically said, you know, here's, here's the deal. It's going to expire. We're willing to go out into free agency and explore other options at your position. So you let us know if you want to be here or not, right? So it wasn't necessarily that he had 10 teams vying for his contract and the Bucks simply gave him the most money. It was that they put an expiration date and a quick one on a contract that he really wanted to accept because obviously why wouldn't you want to go contend for another Super Bowl when you know that your team is mostly returning. So I'm interested to see if you know if you think that he would have gotten a better deal elsewhere and who would have been kind of those top target teams for him to go to if the Bucs hadn't secured him back. Man, I got to tell you, I think and like we said, team friendly deal. I mean, I think he could be he could have been in line for 19 20 and I mean the Bucks were somewhere they're in that ballpark but like we said it's a team friendly deal so a lot of this is backloaded a lot of it is incentives he could have gotten more guaranteed money and more probably upfront money I mean I could totally see the Jets I could totally see um you know Miami I could see some of the teams with the larger cap numbers would have been interesting to see we saw the Patriots add uh Judon from the Ravens he could have had a, a crack at that there so I think he could have had more guaranteed money and more upfront money, uh, obviously a lot of other places. But um, like we've been discussing, I mean, this is a team that really is, they've kind of cracked the the unofficial puzzle on the Chiefs. Um, you know, now granted, the Chiefs weren't at 100%. Their line was completely devastated. You had two starting tackles. One of them played guard. So they were depleted, but um, they, I mean, they, they, killed Kansas City. They really did. I mean, on the defensive side of the football, KC had nothing to do offensively. They were confused. They The pass rush was getting to Mahomes uh, every play, it seemed like. So um, having those linebackers and keeping that core together, I think was probably the most important. And we've even talked about it. If we were going to trade this offseason, I think you and I said, uh, maybe Evan, all three of us said, keep the defense and obviously get rid of some of the offense and you can backfill that. Um, so, and Trevor, yeah, buddy, you're right. They, they enjoy winning. They kept the team together. It is a great time to be in Tampa. I will tell you this. I am going to flip the shoe and look a little bit ahead in the next year or two when you're dealing with the contracts that the you're backloading now, if the cap the continue, nightmare. if something changes again, you will be in a worse spot and the chickens will come home to roost, Bobby Boucher. Yeah. I mean, even if it goes back up to where it was in 2019, you're still looking at a lot of a lot of issues, right? Because you're just backloading all of these things, right? Like just simple things like prorating Shaq Barrett's $18 million signing bonus over five years. Like th- those little things add up. And when you're trying to kind of keep things in line and keep things moving at a steady pace, like eventually that bubbles over. And I think it's pretty interesting that, you know, I, I don't know how important Indomitung Sue is to-, to getting back to the Super Bowl, but I just, I do think it's interesting because 
you know, Kansas City is kind of rebuilding and they're in the process of rebuilding and really showing that they're willing to go out and do it and put players on their offensive line in positions that are going to fill those holes and then add players that are kind of star guys who are going to be playmakers, game changers, just difference makers in the game, not only in the regular season, but in the postseason. So you're looking at an easy breezy division, but then once you get outside of it, you know, it's fun to watch Bruce Arians, you know, pound back beers on a boat and say, like you're, all your asses are coming back and no, none of you are going anywhere. And he meant it, obviously they're coming back, but how, I guess how confident, even if they return and Dominic Sue, which again, it, it, I, I'm not sure how the cap situation is going to work as it is, but say they do re- return and Dominic Sue, say they return Ryan Sarkop and they have no kicking issues so that's most of the guys that really need to be returned to this team to make that happen as seamlessly as they're trying to make it happen. What are the mm-hmm. chances that they go back to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl? I mean, the NFC South used to be one of the more competitive divisions and obviously like we said, there's a window and there's timing and they've just kind of they've kind of squirreled in right at the perfect time. So um, I think the NFC is kind of a, you know, you're not going to see many teams change. The Packers really, they didn't change that much. They kept Aaron Jones. They, uh, you know, I think they only, they are going to lose Lindsley up front. They're all pro center. Uh, I have not seen an offer go out to him yet. Although uh, a lot of the restricted free agents and all that kind of ends tomorrow at 4 PM on the 17th. So everything is wide open you know, your contracts expire for restricted free agents and you become unrestricted. So then the free agency period continues to go on till the start of the season. Um, So there are some players that are still, um, you know, restricted and still can be talked to. I think four o'clock ends that. So you'll see more cuts uh, after that. But I mean, who, who else do you think in the NFC, I mean, is really going to make a, make a move? I mean, yeah. Um, I just don't. I just don't see it unless I don't see any big changes, uh, or at least enough to really teams getting positioned to to take the Bucks on. I mean, I just didn't see Seattle's going to lose Chris Carson. Uh, they do have Penny. Um, I don't know if he he was off an ACL. So some of the teams that I've been thinking about are going to actually be offensively maybe a little bit worse for Green Bay and Seattle. Um, so that means obviously Tampa's defense, which is the core, which is what they kept, uh, you know, should be, uh, you know, should be easy. So yeah, we'll just have to see, but it'll be, it's not going to be a breeze. You can't repeat and say that that's going to be easy, but I just don't see any NFC team that made a big enough change or a big enough push, um, to, to move forward and knock them off. Yeah, I think, and the Packers are losing Corey Lindsley, I think, to the Chargers. So that's a whole. Yeah, yeah, he did sign. You're right. Yeah, so that's a whole situation where at this point, the NFC North is a little irrelevant, just given their lack of moves. Like we said, the Bears just failed to secure (laughs) Russell Wilson, which I, to be fair, I don't know that he was necessarily going to leave, but it's just a fun storyline to poke at Bears fans for another year. But we love talking about it. I know. And I, I mean, it's great. It's not a bad time. I do feel bad. I feel bad. But yeah, I mean, in the NFC East, I kind of had high hopes for the Washington football team. Obviously, I don't um, necessarily know that 
Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the answer to <laughs> all of that. I mean, he's fun to watch. He great, is fun to watch. Great beard. Don't know that that's going to bring him around. But the Cowboys, obviously, um, depending on what they're able to do, and if Dak Prescott comes back and looks like the Dak Prescott that we know and love, then I think that's a contender. But, you, I mean, yeah, unless the Seahawks put a ton of pieces in place to support Russell Wilson, really kind of get clear on what their offensive goal is, I can't see them making too much of a wave against the Buccaneers and, and same with that entire division. So the Bucks really have a clear path in the NFC. I think the main concern is really just the AFC because once you get back to the top, I mean, are you looking at the chiefs again? Are you looking at the bills because they have pieces in place to get there? I mean, who it, it really is. I'm more concerned at this point for the Buccaneers facing whatever AFC team lands on top. We saw AFC, kind of step up last year. I think it's usually kind of the Patriots dominating it. And we we saw how yeah. much, how uh, being a normal, I guess, normal team <laughs> for the Patriots, how much Thank they're going to go out of their way to dump money on people and yeah. try to get back to the top. But the AFC has really come out and dominated. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. I think all regular season we'll see the Bucks dominate, but I'd be interested to see what that Super Bowl matchup looks like should they get there again. We so. saw a comment, or I saw a comment pop up about the Rams, and I can't remember if it was Jay or Courtney, uh, or maybe Trevor. Um, but I think the Rams um, are an interesting question. And the question is, Matt Stafford has run for his life his entire career. And, I mean, he's got a great arm. I think, obviously, he can still move the football down the field. He's got a great complement of wide receivers. He had a good complement of wide receivers in Detroit, though. Um, and they also have a running game, but they still have some line woes. Um, they're still not very set there. So, I mean, you, I don't know how far, um, you know, Stafford's had no offensive line, I guess, for a while. So um, I'm sure he has PTSD. So he's up at nights and he's got, you know, dancing feet in the pocket. But we'll see. I don't think – I just don't think – it's not realistic to do what Tom Brady just did and acclimate in a new system, hit the ground running and, you know, go to the Super Bowl and win. That just doesn't happen. We don't see it. Took Phillip Rivers, you know, most of the season to to get it right with the Colts. And, you know, it's it, it takes a lot of, of things to learn that terminology and get things going. But maybe Stafford, you know, gets a little bit of help and gets a good running game and maybe – Maybe he is that guy, but that'll be a good one to that'll be a good one to watch too, the Rams, because they already have a great defense and we know that. Yeah. I feel like Matthew Stafford is all potential. So I'm excited to see what that potential is. But until he plays a game and gets them somewhere, I mean we haven't we just haven't seen it happen. So yeah. I'm actually pretty interested to watch them. I just don't know that they'll put up a fight, you know, to contend for the Super Bowl. But you know, I, I think it's kind of interesting because they're biggest holes for the Buccaneers right now you know they've they've locked up pretty much the offense I, I just don't think that there's a ton of spots on the offense they need to fill besides running back I mean yep. wide receiver Antonio Brown's great he's nice to have he obviously made a big impact in the last five games of the season but Leonard Fournette is presumably out but you know yep. can they afford if they can't afford Leonard Fournette which again I'm not I don't even know what kind of contract we're looking at for him because one season where you kind of step off in the postseason, but have like nothing really to your name prior to that. I'm interested to see where he yeah. lands contract wise, but who are they going to go after in free agency 
are they? Are they going to wait for the draft to find a running back? And who can they afford at this point? I mean, afford, I don't even know that they can afford anybody, but. We love we talked about this last week and everybody, Evan was definitely pushing to go to free agency to get a running back, but I don't know how, like, I don't, we talked about James White, which he's had yeah. several, everyone has heard that name and there's been several teams um, contacting him. And I think we saw, uh, his last contract was five million, I think, or somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, so you know, I think that's that's probably the limit on where you can go. Uh, Jay bringing up some great names: Kenyon Drake, Chris Carson. Yeah, I mean they're great. Those are really right. can't afford them. Yeah, uh, I'd say shoot for James White. I like that, but I mean the draft is something that if you have Ronald Jones and you still have Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, the draft is where you're going to find the cheapest player. And depending upon the round you go in, obviously the cap hit is less and less. So you can get a running back in the fifth round for a million bucks. So if you're the Buccaneers, why are you going to go pay $5 million when you have a guy that can tote the load and you just want to change a pace back? Like, I don't, why don't you go draft one in the fourth, fifth round where the cap hits a million as opposed to $5 million for one, you know, one year? Yeah. And I mean, even guys like James White, you're looking at probably $3 million a year, which they can offload yeah. and spread out and do what they've done with every other contract <laughs> that they've signed this season. Right switch. Yeah, they can do that. They can do that with Matt Breida. They can do it with Mike Davis. They can do it with Rex Burkhead. But how, how many times can you do that? I mean, we talked about the future. I just don't know that that's necessarily the way to go. I, I just think it's a, it's hedging your bets against your own team in the future to go in and sign a free agent running back. And, and all of these names sound nice, but they're not the top guys in this position, especially yeah. in free agency this year. So it's like, if you're not going to get the top guy and you don't have that eight to $10 million to spend or that seven or six, even, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just thinking there are more promising guys in the draft. And I don't know that somebody like Najee Harris will be there by the time they get there. But again, like, I mean, what else do you have to lose, right? I just don't know that any of these guys are going to come in and make such a big difference that they're going to be worth trying to backload even 2 to $3 million on 2022 or 2023. Yeah. Well, and, and like I said, and, and you know, you and I, thank God, are in agreement on this. I don't know how um, a lot of the fans feel and, and what everybody else feels, but the best way to build your team or to add pieces is through the draft because you get, depending upon when you draft them, obviously, you get – four years and a fifth year team extension, or you get a contract that's already kind of layered out and it's cheap and it's good. And you build experience and you kind of build your team through the draft. Free agency is used to plug holes. And if a guy gets injured or retires or, you know, you kind of put everything together. So, um, I mean, imagine what happens in, in next year, you're going to be, you know, you're still going to be dealing with Brady. You signed him to another extension. He's probably going to play one more year. Um, you know, the type of red tape, you know, you're going to have to unwind if one of these guys that you did sign just for that one year and try to go back and offload cap numbers. I mean, the amount of paperwork that the salary cap team of, of the Saints, the Buccaneers and the Falcons, obviously the entire NFC South, they're probably all jacked on, you know, coffee and just bouncing off the walls somewhere. So oh. I would hate to have that job trying to figure out how to. Yeah backload or hide or move or position salary. But like we said, you want to have two, they're going to have two. And I think Bill Belichick, 
during this whole period, they've talked about the Patriots have spent no money in free agency ever. And last year, Bill Belichick had such an awful, like he, inside, he must have been like, just not right. Yeah. Like maybe his organs moved, maybe his liver's in his heart and his heart's in his stomach. I mean, it'd probably be awful to be around him. And he was like, look, this is it. If I'm going back, they just kept everybody. We're going to spend all 80 million we have in free agency and we're going to go beat them. And that's what I'm, that's what it's setting up for. And that's what it kind of looks like. And I would be so, I would be ecstatic if, if the I, Patriots if and the Bucks <laughs> played in the Super Bowl. Could you imagine that? Would oh. that be the highest rated Super Bowl of all time? I think it would be. I could I agree with it, that. I think it definitely would be. And, you know, it's it goes back to the one thing is that can one player really determine the outcome of a team or can a team determine an outcome? And we saw with certain pieces, Tom Brady can run a team fairly well and can accomplish a lot uh, with a particular set of uh, stars around him. So, but we'll see. So running back, we think, so I'm going to say, I want the draft. We already have Keyshawn Vaughn. We already have Ronald Jones. We don't need, our cap guys are already dead. They've probably lost two of them already. They probably quit. So give those guys a break and draft one in the fourth or fifth round. Pay them a million bucks. You know, we can do it. We can find somebody in there. I can't decide if the Buccaneers finance team is dead and burnt out and hating their <laughs> lives or if they're like small toddlers who don't understand the value of money. And so they're just like, we just don't want to pay it this year. So we'll just pay it next year. Like, why? Like, let's just move the money away and like that's how I feel like they're just sitting in there like with plastic cash registers like yeah that works if we just put it on a different year <laughs> it's like it's I have no idea what's going on but Jason Light's a genius that's all I'll say about it yeah, well yeah he did uh he did what he said he was gonna do and like we talked about I you and I were laughing at Evan he's like oh man we're signing everybody whole band and we're like you cannot afford it doesn't look like it and they did it yeah to be fair though like that's not even a bad take. It's just everyone's very confused. Like analysts yeah. are confused. Experts in the field are confused. No one understands what's happening with the Buccaneers because you look at them and they're making things work. And then you look at other teams who are just high key struggling to get anything done. And it's yeah. like these teams cannot be operating in the same system. Like this cannot be in the same league with the same salary cap with the same situation. Like it can't be because like if, if the Bucs are just finding magical money, why isn't every other team finding magical money? I don't know what's happening. It's all we it do is, is just, all I do is just kind of laugh. And I just keep looking at the, like I said, spot track, it has a great cap number. And all you do is you go and you look and you just check to see, where they are and they still have 8.5 and check does not have a contract. So we'll see. I mean, as time will tell tomorrow, uh, four o'clock, you know, mm -hmm. obviously restricted free agents turn into unrestricted. So you'll see some more releases. I know when we came on the air, uh, you saw Emmanuel Sanders potentially going to the Buffalo bills, which that's massive. Scary. That's them. scary. Yeah. Huge yeah. for them. That's a lot of fun. I actually really like that. I think it's hard not yeah. to root for the bills a little bit. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited. But let's, before we dive into the NFC South's 
division of free agencies and other opponents for the Bucks. Let's talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether it's rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to cop the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, the logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity, and it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over $100, making it free to sell or flip your collection. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Sell them shoes, girl. Woo! I love. First of all, I'm trying to get my sneaker game up, so I really? even downloaded the sneakers app, and like I'm trying to like, <laughs> I, I just want to be able to post the graphic. You know, on Twitter when people post the graphic, and it's like got them, and it has their shoes. Like I want to do it one time, even though it's <laughs> painful for my bank account. I just want to do it one time to be cool because I feel like I have no like I have two pairs of shoes that are all white that I wear to the gym and other than that I have no style or sense of shoes at all so I'm trying hey so. Paige Demacos our uh, lovely uh co-star over there at the draft network she's got a good sneaker game oh my gosh the bet first of all she has great everything game like I'm yes, obsessed with very her. true there's very nothing true. wrong with her not one thing we should reach out to her and make sure she's not jumping out of a window you know now that you got Andy Dalton I mean that's huge. <laughs> I did see her Instagram story and it, she did seem a little sad. So, oh, no. <laughs> so if you know Paige, reach out to her because I'll we'll have to reach out to uh, her. Yeah. Tell her it's okay. Fair. Yeah. So let's talk, <laughs> let's talk NFC South. Let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. This uh, is your team. So I'll let you lead this one. Cause I don't know what's going on. All I know is that coming into next season, they've got like 19 players on their roster. They have to yeah. fill the rest with like $32 million. They've got to clear like 14 million in cap space before tomorrow. They can't restructure Matt Ryan until the 25th. I'm like, what is uh, happening? What's happening? Uh, like, God. are you okay? I mean, I'm okay right now. Matt Ryan actually restructured today mm. and, and check. I love, I love reading these. Cause this is great. As we said, spot track is where I'm looking at. Converted 21 million of salary in 2021, clearing 14 million of cap space for Atlanta. So we converted 21 million dollars of salary into something. So uh, take that as you will. Looks like it might have been a restructuring bonus, and then an option bonus, and then a signing bonus were the three things oh. that we converted uh, to create that 14 million. So the Falcons, as of right now, actually have money, which you know that's great for them but as you as you alluded to i believe on the active roster i think we have 42 people which that's not going to cut it so um free agency for the falcons uh probably not much at all you saw uh, as we discussed earlier mentioned uh lee smith coming over from uh, the bills for a late round draft pick um so really for the falcons um they're going to try to cut cap room as much as they can and try to rebuild in the draft, I believe. Uh, I think the Falcons uh, will try to trade back, or I hope they trade back out of four uh, and and start to, um, you know, get Matt Ryan maybe uh, a, a, not a weapon necessarily, but maybe a little bit better offensive line. But also they need to draft a lot on the defensive side of the football. Obviously the Buccaneers gave kind of a blueprint on what works against – 
um, high-flying offenses. And so you kind of need to follow um, what, what was successful. And they have a lot of, a lot of draft capital invested in, in linebackers, obviously, and their uh, defensive line. So um, it'll be a rough, I think, uh, depending upon what happens in the draft, uh, it's going to be rough because the Falcons, obviously, you're going to probably make a decision on drafting a quarterback at four or moving back and potentially not getting a quarterback and then having to, you know, ride the train with Matt Ryan, which he's already really overpaid now. And now converting some of this cap space and moving it back, that means next year, God knows what he's going to be making. He was making about 40 uh, million. And like we said, he just converted 21 million. So is he going to make 60 million next year? Is that where that 21 goes I'm so for you guys? Because so he was set to make 40.9 million this year, 41.6 yeah. million next year because they restructured him last year. Last year. Yeah. So there's so much like that's so much <laughs> cap space yeah. sunk into Matt Ryan. How, what is your vibe on Matt Ryan? Like, it, are they going to, do you think that they are going to try to find some transitional quarterback, bring somebody in, in the draft? that can maybe play under him for one or two years and then take over that job? Or are they really going to try to go for like a more win now approach? I think the general manager, obviously who just came over from the saints and I'm forgetting his name right now, but he was a wizard with the cap, but he also was very aggressive and, and quarterbacks and, and kept some people uh, coming in, obviously looked at Taysom Hill. They used him pretty much as a Swiss army knife. So I think the Falcons, if you're, Personally, I hate this as a fan, drafting a quarterback in the top five and then having him sit a whole year. It's like waste in my eyes. It's wasting a top five draft pick. But um, if you can draft the, the draft class we have of quarterbacks this year is not probably not going to happen again in the next in the foreseeable future. I don't think um, so. You know, you may as well take your shot. Trey Lance saw some of his tape. Uh, North Dakota State, when he did his pro day, really blew me out of the water. Uh, he can drive the ball down the field. Obviously, didn't play that much. Played one game uh, this past year. I think he's played 17 games total in his collegiate career. So that's that's disgusting to even think about taking somebody like that in the top five. But these are the times we are in. Um, so, you know, if he's the guy – I'll be mad and I'll be screaming draft night, but um, has good tape and when we looked at him and, and looks good. So I think if you're the Falcons, you won't get this many quarterbacks in the top five again. You're going to have to bite the bullet, although just totally not excited about that at all. So we'll yeah. see. I feel like they're a little impatient and you look on the other side of this division at the Carolina Panthers and – this is a team that has nothing but patience, right? Like they haven't done anything big, splashy, like big names. They're really just taking things slow because I think they know that they're in this time of rebuilding. They're bringing in, obviously working with a newer coach, newer staff. Yep. So I I actually do appreciate what they're doing in Carolina. And this is also a team that I could see kind of going after Trey Lance just because yeah. you look at you look at Miami sitting at number three and I kind of envision them being a, a team. If you say Teddy Bridgewater is not our guy, which I think probably everyone watching the NFL ever at any point during 2020 <laughs> is going to look at Teddy Bridgewater and say like, Hey, that's not a long-term solution at quarterback. Love yeah. the guy, but just not. So 
you know, I think if you trade up, you try to take that number three pick for Miami, they really have no incentive to sit there. They could get a lot more for it. So I think for them, if the Panthers were to go up and get a guy like Trey Lance or even, you know, try to sit back and get someone else where they are, I mean, I don't know who's going to be around at number eight that's going to be worth drafting, but if they could go get a guy like Trey Lance, I could see that happening. I think they were also very impressed. I think everyone watching was pretty impressed with his pro day, but I'm, I just find their whole approach to be very interesting because not many teams are willing to say like, we are in a rebuilding mode, right? Like if the Falcons fall into that piece where they're not willing to let the whole thing kind of tank and, and try to rebuild it. Not that the Panthers have really tanked, but they're definitely more, they're, they're embracing where they are in a way that the Falcons just are not. Yeah, I think, well, with the new direction, and this is some of the things you get when you have a new general manager, you have a new head coach, you have a new, the general direction or the consensus has to be reached within the organization. And I'll, I'll guarantee you the conversations they're having right now is that do they feel that team is good enough with Matt Ryan to make a push and not draft a quarterback? Yeah. Or, you know, do we do we step on their grenade now and do that? And that's something that you have to get, you know, ownership down Arthur Blank and down to Fontenot, general manager, and then down to Coach, you know, Smith. They have to figure that out. Um, and hopefully they all get going in the right direction. But the Falcons also have to be really careful with a team like Carolina at eight trading up. You're trading within a division. You're also dealing with a piece of drafting a quarterback that could freaking haunt you for the next 10 years. Yeah. So you need to really – Mind your P's and Q's on on if you are going to take a draft trade with somebody that's in your division, especially if it's a quarterback that you want to pass on and that you, you know, don't kid yourselves. If any team in the division is trying to trade up to get a quarterback, which that's what's going to happen this year, you're going to have to knock me over. They're going to have to give me probably two first rounds and then maybe another second rounder and this draft as well. Like I would go to the moon with the asking price because you're going to see that quarterback for a long time. So make it worth, make it worth the trade. If you're going to move with a division partner um, in that, but I also wonder Sam Darnold, where does he fit? Oh, would he fit? Where, where would he, would you see him in Carolina? I could just see him there. I can't see him there. And I don't know no. why. I, I have no reason to say no, but I do see – I don't think they're going to make a move at someone like Deshaun Watson. I really just don't see them going that far out of their pockets. Yeah. I, I And I think you look at their needs, right? Like, they do need, you know, a corner. They need linebackers. They, they have to get guys on the offensive line. They have a few needs, but luckily for them, besides the quarterback, all of their needs are pretty cheap. Like, there's no guy that's going to cost them – a, a ton to bring in, right? Like they can fill these needs without overspending. They can bring in those veteran guys. They can get guys in the draft. They can, they don't have to make flashy big moves and bring in these guys that are big playmakers. Like they can get it done just by getting productive guys who put good play on film, right? Like that's yeah. all they have to do. So for them, they're in a really good spot because now if they want to spend that 30 million to get a quarterback, and a or a big chunk of that 30 million to get a quarterback. And now they're restructuring McCaffrey and other players. So it could be more, but you know, they can do that. And I don't know that it's going to be Sam Darnold. I just I don't know that 
I think Sam Darnold has to go somewhere with a very quarterback-minded offensive coaching staff. Not that yeah. Carolina doesn't necessarily have that, but I just think that they're, he's going to have to go somewhere that can really develop him. Like that he's going to have to go maybe just to like a San Francisco type of team, like some coaching staff that really can give him the attention he needs. Cause we've never seen him with a decent, competent coaching staff. I would love, and this is, you know, the 49ers and now granted Darnold is not mobile really, but I would love to see him as a, a second option in a Shanahan offense. They have some of the pieces there. They can do they can do some things around there to make that offense a little bit better for him. But I would love to see him. He would go back out to the west where he was, USC, and uh, get back out in that area. I could see Sam Fran. But, um, yeah, I still think he moves. But I'm starting to back off to Sean Watson now. I don't, I don't think – even though today Tyrod Taylor, um, Tyrod Taylor was signed obviously to Houston today, uh, one year, ten mil or I think twelve mil somewhere in that ballpark. So I'm starting to back off that a little bit though. Um, I don't know if he'll actually get moved, and I was the biggest proponent of saying he would, but I don't know. Yeah, I um I agree. I, I it'll be interesting to see. I think the Panthers have to do something at quarterback. Um, let's talk about probably the most interesting team in this division besides the Buccaneers is the Saints. And it's fun because like, is Jameis Winston the quarterback? Like we get to talk about it. It's it's a good time. So obviously he signed a one-year deal worth up to 12 million with incentives, not a flashy number, not enough to guarantee him the job. Doesn't guarantee him the starting spot by any means. I, I think they're well far out of that Russell Wilson lottery, just given where they stand with the salary cap. But, yeah. you know, he's going to have to beat out Taysom Hill, essentially, to secure this job. And that's assuming that they don't get anyone in the draft. They don't get anyone else in free agency. That's assuming that they don't secure any other quarterback options. It's going to be Taysom Hill versus Jameis Winston. And this is pretty interesting because I I don't know. Um, they obviously like him in New Orleans. That's obviously – they obviously are <laughs> – they're drinking the Jameis Winston flavor aid, as you will. But uh, I'm interested to see how this plays out. It's. Fun. I mean, I. You know what? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe Drew Brees pulled him aside, and, and and Winston never had a guy like that. He never had a guy like Drew Brees. Know. You know, in the meeting room. You know, screaming at him, busting his chops, telling him how to do. And maybe, maybe this is what he needed. I mean, honestly, I don't. I don't see it, but. You know, maybe, uh, you know, maybe this is what happens. Maybe he goes there. But for Bucks fans, aren't you way more excited that now you have a team that you held together and Jameis Winston might actually play you now twice a year? And I mean, you get a chance to really, I mean, blow his doors off if you if you uh, get it right. But you know, who I think I would I would look at, or I could see who could fit maybe. And I don't like this person as a as a quarterback, but I think system wise, he, he might be able to do it. Give me the uh, give me Mitchell Trubisky. Give me a little little short little mobile guy who can uh, no. run around and throw interceptions. I'm so tired of watching Mitchell Trubisky play football. I'm so I'm <laughs> over it. Like I don't want to see it anymore. I don't want to see him on no. television. I don't want to hear his name. Over it. So okay, fine. So okay, then let's squeeze Sam Darnold in here. You have the Saints towards the back half. You could take if the if the Jets got a first round pick in the back half of the draft, 
You would be, you could, you would do that. Now, if you're New Orleans, though, do you trade a first round pick for Sam Darnold, knowing you just signed Winston to that much? Probably not. No, because I don't think that. Here's the thing: if you have Jameis Winston, what are you really losing? Right? You have no cap space. You shed all these pieces. You really yeah. are in a year where, like you have no quarterback walking into a situation at a hundred percent, right? Like you don't have the guys in place. You And that's, and I'm going to say it. I don't care what Evan says in the comments. I'm going to talk about Jameis Winston for a second because yeah, it's, un, it's unfortunate because Jameis Winston, you cannot sit here and say, no one can sit here and say that Jameis Winston, you can't do the comparison to Tom Brady. You can't look at these two rosters, look at these two teams and say that's the same situation, but Tom Brady got it done. It's not the same situation, right? Like Jameis Winston didn't come in and they didn't open the checkbook and say, who do you want to bring to Tampa Bay, right? Like he didn't sit, he didn't have a quarterback to look at and learn from and grow from. Like he didn't walk in with all of these pieces that Tom Brady's walking in with. Now Tom Brady earned those pieces, right? Like he earned that with his performance over a 20 year career. So that's taking nothing away from Tom Brady, but they're not the same situation as someone who grew up a Florida state fan, Jameis Winston his touchdowns come along with interceptions, right? If you look at the national championship year, that's the kind of player he is. That's not to say that those players can't succeed at the NFL level. They do. They do every year. They have before. They've won Super Bowls. Those kind of guys have been successful. It's just you have to know how to manage it. And the Buccaneers, he walked in into a situation where with a young team, young guys, no one to lead him, no real like I guess, development on on behalf of the coaching staff and the team. And then when they were done with him, they were done with him, right? And you're walking into the New Orleans where I'm not saying he's become this fantastically better quarterback. I'm just <laughs> saying he's a, a truer quarterback than Taysom Hill, right? He's a guy that yeah. he's going to be able to run the quarterback position a lot more effectively than Taysom Hill, especially if he has improved upon his skill set. And that doesn't mean that Taysom Hill is not going to see the field because obviously we know regardless of who's starting quarterback, Taysom Hill is going to play and he's going to have a big role there. But I just think they're still going to be reaching for other guys, but what do you have to lose, right? Like you're not putting him, you're not sending Jameis Winston into the dream team and saying like, he's going to be the guy that's, that's going to hold us back. It's like, no, you're setting him up for failure. I mean, like you are, you're, you're setting anyone who walks into the new Orleans, situation up for failure because you don't you didn't know how to manage your cap space so now you're in a real pickle and whoever walks in here is a one-year solution at best whether it's Taysom Hill Jameis Winston or any other person they're a one-year solution right like I don't I don't see them drafting a quarterback necessarily but no I mean whoever they have like okay what was this year going to be for you anyways like why yeah. spend money and go out and get a guy that like you've never worked with? You don't know how they're going to perform. You have no idea how it's going to turn out. When if you like Jameis Winston, work with him, work with him on it. And if it, I mean, if it lasts past this year, cool. If not, cool. What did you lose? Yeah, I think a mentor is what he's missed oh. his entire career, and you saw that, and he had a taste of that with Drew Brees. And now, obviously, Drew Brees is retired, but I mean, this is still a guy. You know, Drew Brees. He's got wherever he's gone, he's helped. Yeah. Anytime he's been told, he was told, you're not a starter anymore. We're going to Philip River. He helped when yeah. he came to New Orleans. He helped after you know Katrina and Hurricane involved with the city. This is a guy that Jameis Winston will be in contact with a lot, even if he, you know, if Drew Brees goes to the uh, broadcast booth, does that job. Um, you know, he's going to talk to him and and he'll he'll get him through hard times. And the coaching staff work with Drew Brees, so they know what to do and 
how to, you know, mentor. And so, yeah, I think that, and we said this before, this could be the one time where he's got someone in the room that can push him and show him what it is to be a quarterback, to lead a team, to, to make the right decisions, to make the throws. And he had a, he had a taste of that and he only got it for a year. It's unfortunate, but you know, now he can reach out to Drew Brees anytime he wants and he can ask those questions. He can, you know, ask about plays. Drew Brees isn't going anywhere as far no. as, you know, he'll, he'll still be very much a part of that team and conversation and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, some careers, like you said, you, it's all about timing. You get quarterback staff and coaches and people around you who know what they're talking about. Sometimes you get five offensive coordinators in your first five years and you're confused. So, yeah. and that's another reason quarterbacks, and I won't dive into my in my wormhole here, but quarterbacks are getting kicked to the curb way too early. Can't believe we're already talking about shooing Tua out the door when this guy played like seven games. He was a first round pick. It all just goes back to, you know, systems, learning, having the same coach, having continuity. The guys we've seen in the game for so long have been in one organization for over 10 years. Drew yeah. Brees was 20. Tom Brady was what, 18, 16? I can't, I don't even know. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is 15, I think. So all those guys, and they've primarily had a lot of the same offensive coordinator staff, QB coaches, things like that. It takes that long to get that good. So when you get a guy and you sign him and you change the playbook every year, you're setting him up for failure. Yeah. I mean, you even look at Patrick Mahomes. He didn't walk in Patrick Mahomes where he is now, right? Like he did that work. He yeah. sat behind. He and that's not to say that he sat behind a Tom Brady or a Drew Brees, but he sat behind and he yeah. he established that during those moments and during those games yeah. and during those years. So that's something that I think people are not willing to look at. But then you have the other side of the coin where you're resurrecting Ryan Tannehill from the ashes and making him a playoff contending quarterback. And so I think it's gonna go both ways, but let's not I don't as I it's easier to say as a non Bucks fan. Let's not let's not bury Jameis Winston six feet under just yet because I just think I think at one team most quarterbacks will fail. Like the Bucks got extremely lucky. It's very rare that you can bring in Tom Brady. It's very rare that your entire division kind of sucks. It's pretty rare that all of your rookies perform at a really high level and are game yeah. changers and make those plays, especially in playoffs where they have no experience, especially in the Super Bowl that they have no experience. So the Bucks lucked out in every sense of last year, and they're they're looking to luck out again in every sense of this year. Um, but I, I think it's wrong to kind of write off any other team that's not following that mold because that's not typical. But let's you know yeah. let's parade these NFC South free agency periods so far. We'll probably <laughs> come back with grades because this is far from over. But let's let's grade them so far as of now starting with the Bucks because it's a pretty easy one. I mean, yeah, you have to give them an A. I mean, you can't not you can't not give them a good grade. Their staff uh, did what they needed to do and kept together the core uh, that took them to the Super Bowl and won. So, yeah, they get an A. I'm going to give them an A- minus because it does make me panic internally <laughs> for them, thinking about 2022 and 2023. Um, but for this year, I would say A+, plus if they're just trying to go yeah. back and – do 2022 or 2021 right um beyond that i think you're looking at a much lower grade um yeah. all right atlanta falcons uh 
we've done a great job of restructuring deals and cutting people. Uh, the only free agent I know of is Lee Smith coming in. So, I mean, be a trade. Um, you know, so no, I mean, you give a D, uh, you know, just because of resources. Like the one thing we've talked about, every NFL team, no one saw this coming. So mm-hmm. if you were backloaded contracts and the Falcons have just re-signed uh, their th- you know, two of their biggest players, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, to really big deals uh, a year before this. So they're really they're taking it right in the face. And, uh, you know, you have to uh, you reap what you sow. So, yeah, it's a, a D. I mean, you can't um, you can't do anything about it. You just got to try to make your move and, and build back through the draft. So, um, yeah, not a good grade there. Yeah, I uh, I'll put them at like a C minus D plus. I just I don't want to write them off too quickly because they haven't made a ton of moves, obviously. So I'm interested to see what they do and how they do it. Um, That's not to say they won't succeed. Obviously, I think when you have new voices in the room and new people coming in, obviously, there's always a chance that things work out and turn in the right direction. So hope hope is there. Um, Yes, hope is there. (laughs) All right, Carolina. (laughs) I mean, you know, stable. I mean, what, C? I mean, they're just kind of – everybody – the Deshaun Watson thing was kind of a an eye-opening thing to everybody, and he kind of let out who he likes, and he went to Clemson, and that's in Carolina. And so teams kind of, uh, you know, changed a lot of their plans and, and kind of gave an option or a thought to that. Uh, they restructured deals, obviously, in some of their bigger players, which is good. Um, so they got some money back in return. Um, as far as moves, it seems like, you know, net neutral for them. Curtis Samuel is the one player that's been talked about a lot, uh, and free agency. And, um, we'll have to see if he stays or goes. Um, and he's a really big piece. I think he would definitely fit well with the Patriots. I would love to see him. He's kind of a, a jack of all trades. He runs those little jet sweeps and he's you know everything on the route tree so um i mean see i haven't really seen any big like you said tracking free agency the past 48 hours has kind of been just out of just chaos uh so um i haven't seen any really big moves i know they franchised one of their tackles uh to keep him which was a money move uh cost them about 13 million for a tackle i think roten who i haven't really heard or anything about so that's kind of a, a head scratcher for me so probably uh, C, uh, C, C minus. Uh, the draft's really important for all the teams in the NFC South this year, um, trying to regroup and redo. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, for me, like a C. I'm going to give them a B minus. I'm being very nice and generous. And um, <laughs> I'm going to give them a B minus because I like the idea that they're not trying to rush. I, I think this point in free agency, the value that you get for players is not great because you're jumping the gun to, to sign these big deals and get to players first. Um, And I think that often leads to overpaying for guys, especially at certain positions. So I do like their patience and I like them sitting back and kind of evaluating every possible option. Now, again, that may change depending on what they decide to do. (laughs) Um, But if they continue to, step in the rebuilding direction. I like that. I'd rather a team embrace rebuild than pretend they're not rebuilding. So I'm going to give them a B minus on that one. And then last, but certainly 
not least <laughs> the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> well, what can you say about the Saints, folks? They're signing people to fake contracts, fully voidable deals. Uh, they got a quarterback. They got some people in there. I mean, I'm just – I'm an F just on principle. Like, I don't know what you're doing, and I don't understand it, and it doesn't make sense to me at all. So I don't care who you sign or what you do. I'm just giving you an F because, like you said earlier, Kelly, you're operating on a different file, a different wavelength. Something's wrong. I don't understand it. Yeah, I just don't know. So, yeah, F. Yeah, I don't know what the plan is here. Um, again, yeah. I I personally – this is – you know, when Evan's not on the show, it's fun because we can talk about Jameis Winston without getting <laughs> muted. And I can, like, see his little uh, his little icon, but he will mute me if we talk about Jameis Winston for too long any other time. So I have hope. And we have a question. Yeah, we do. Go From ahead. Dark um, Sage. Dark Sage, yeah. What do we got? We'll let him type in. But, yeah, I think uh, we both agree – um, draft will be important for all these teams, obviously quarterback decisions, um, throughout most, obviously either in transition or deciding to make a change. Um, except obviously with the Buccaneers, um, right now. So, um, we'll have to see, I know that, um, Carolina, and I just now kind of snap back into it. They have to refill Luke Keekley, don't they? Yeah, they got a lot. They have they a lot because Mike Davis also Mike they've Davis. got yeah. a few pieces. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think out of the besides the Buccaneers, this division, I think Carolina probably puts up the most. If they yeah. can get their quarterback situation figured out, I think they're they'll, they'll probably have the most complete kind of well thought out scheme yeah. in this division. But I mean, that it's all dependent on what they end up doing <laughs> and figuring out. Well, the greatest thing about them is that they have $31 million in cap, in cap rooms. So. I mean, it's great. Yeah, they can, <laughs> It's everyone's it's, dream. Yeah, it's easier when they can uh, – uh, when you can make decisions and uh, and kind of move it. There you go, Evan. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Talking to, uh, to Dark Sage. But what about Jacksonville? What did you think about the day while we're waiting for Dark Sage to ask this question? They had a good – they had a lot of activity today. Yeah, we re-signed what? some people. I, I really like – um oh. that's a lot hang on i know that's a lot. okay i'll read it out loud in case someone's just listening to this after the fact um he said i know mlb has guidelines in place for this season on covid and how they want this season to go but i'm concerned the teams with a lot of power and influence will try to dictate to baseball what they want and how they want the season to run we have seen many times in sports leagues team with a lot of power can sway a league to do what it wants you see any chance of this occurring this season in baseball um, I, I think in baseball, always large market teams sway. Um, but I don't yes. know how much it'll happen. I, I think at this point, things are pretty set as far as what the situation is with COVID and the protocol going forward. I know they're going to add things to that, but I don't necessarily know that it's going to be like a Yankees Dodgers kind of monopoly over what the COVID protocol will be. Yeah, a lot of that stuff has been set up, obviously, by MLB, and it has to be run by the Players Association, and so they'll work in conjunction together. I think you will see um, – it'll be a fluid situation, obviously, trying to get a full season in, and if we run into issues or problems, 
where you have teams, a lot of guys testing positive. I think the Players Association and MLB will try to take that into consideration and and, and make changes on the fly. Um, but, yeah, it'll be a difficult year. I mean, obviously you're seeing college basketball trying to get through their, you know, the NIT and getting um, March Madness, and you've had some teams that have kind of backed away from that and, and kind of moved around. So uh, it's so funny here in Florida – Seems like life is just kind of kind of go back to normal. Well, yeah. But knowing <laughs> knowing around yeah. the rest of the US, it's a it's a lot different. So um, Yeah. I was lucky about to, to be say, in Florida. I think it's interesting because small market teams like teams in Florida yes. will be welcoming fans, whereas some teams in this league specifically won't be. Obviously, I think there's the Rangers are accept they're opening full capacity, I guess, on opening day. Yep. So that's a whole different situation. But um, but yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting. I don't know that market size is going to influence it as much. I think it will just kind of be, and so is Seattle. So yeah, I think yep. it really is just going to depend on local guidelines, I think, more than it is going to depend on market size. But um, we'll see how these go. I think it's going to be an interesting kind of test to see teams like the Rangers and how they like I, I guess how it goes right like how if there's any backlash I know in Texas they just kind of don't care about anything so I don't think <laughs> that anything will change there I think it'll continue to go as planned but the MLB could always step in and be like hey yeah. we're not doing that um and I think that's kind of I don't know I, I it'll be interesting I don't know that Marcus eyes has a play as much but we'll see. But we hope a full season, uh, an attempt at a full season will get played. We definitely want that. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah. A full season. I think, I think now that the NFL has done it and has said, like, hey, we're not stopping the season for anything, I think more leagues will follow that sort of mentality. I think we're seeing it in the NBA. Um, I, I, I don't know how much, I don't think the NHL has had quite as many COVID problems after you know, barring some schedule changes earlier in the season. But I think now they're kind of in a groove. But the NBA definitely kind of started off to a rocky start with COVID. And I think they're full steam ahead, just like most leagues will be. So hopefully we can get back up and running. But I also think that there's some information about vaccines and with people, the time, the expected timeline, I think people will be returning the stadiums quicker than we would have probably thought at winter meetings. Yeah. So definitely, um, we hope so. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we uh, get out? No, man. It's good. A lot of stuff going on. Obviously, free agency, uh, baseball still going on. Spring training, Rays are looking good. Lightning still moving, grooving. So yeah, we got everything on. Uh, play the Bay pressing forward. Now, if we could just renegotiate Fox Sports on some of our cable providers mm-hmm. and let us see the actual games and, and some of those sports would be good. Oof. Big oof. oof on their part. Um, yes. Yeah, I have nothing to add. I'm going to try to keep up with NFL free agency as much as I can. The Jags are doing some stuff, so uh, <laughs> I can't complain. Shaquille Griffin some really stuff. turned my uh, turned my mood around. I love a, I love a Griffin brother, a Griffin twin. Um, there you go. So that helped my mood. It really it, – it salvaged the rocky start I had with – Urban Meyer and the rest of this coaching staff. It really did because I was not feeling it. I wasn't feeling the moves they were making. I obviously like a resign of a guy that we had last year. You gotta love it. But um Shaquille Griffin, they they really tugged on my heartstrings there. So we're back. That's we're good. Back I'm still game. waiting for Malik Hooker to come over. 
uh, from mm-hmm. the Colts because he used to play for Urban Meyer at Ohio State. Still waiting on that for safety. Uh, I just – it's just a good old boys networking club up in Jacksonville, and that's kind of what I hoped it would not be. But if we could have just <laughs> waited a freaking minute for Eric Bieniemy, maybe we wouldn't be in this situation. But, you know, alas. Neither, neither, neither here nor there. It's here and there, but, you know, we'll see. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for everyone who tuned in to the comments and the stream. Make sure to follow us on Twitter yes. and Instagram at PlayTheBayTB. We're also on Twitch now at PlayTheBay. So catch us there, and we will see you guys next Tuesday. Great show. Evan, feel better. I hope your, your innards are better, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Play the Bay. We'll be back again with another episode on the Believe Podcasting Network. If interested in advertising, please contact Believe.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.